The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? I'm drinking a drink called Gold Rush. Gold Rush. And to be honest, someday when I get my index updated, I'll know what drinks I've made and what I haven't. <laughs> but after this many drinks, 400 plus, yeah, I'm starting to lose track. But I haven't made it this way before. I know that for sure. Yeah. So... We got a new ginger liqueur, and so it is one and a half ounces of ginger liqueur, okay, an ounce of bourbon, and a half ounce of lemon juice, and then stirred, served in a rocks glass, and then I, of course, gave us our candied ginger. Which I love. Which you can kind of use to, to mix it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's been mixed, but, you know. All right, well, let's give it a taste. It smells gingery. You smell the bourbon. You said bourbon, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, it's quite good. It is good. Yeah. Ooh, that has a nice ginger. Yeah, I could see that going with lots of different foods. What's nice about this is you have the ginger and the bourbon sort of up front. Yes. And then the lemon at the back. Yeah. And it just leaves you with this nice sort of full mouth flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, bourbon... Bourbon's great because the lemon is the acid you need yes. in this. And the bourbon is sweet enough to balance the acid. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the ginger is the flavor that's picking up the sweet and stuff. Yeah, that's good. It's just always surprising to me how bourbon is such a great mixed drink mm-hmm. alcohol. Well, when you get a ginger-based drink like this, you know, then I think, oh, this would be good with like Asian food if we're having, you know, as a totally. drink, to yeah. set the palate up for the food you're going to eat. You know, and I love mm-hmm. how I'm starting to now be comfortable enough with the liquors that we're using to then think ahead, like, what would I serve that with? Because the other night you made uh, homemade raviolis. Yes. With spicy sausage, and I think you had Parmesan mushrooms. and mushrooms and onions right. and garlic, garlic yeah. and spices, right? Yeah. And then you made homemade ravioli pasta, which was great, which came out mm, perfect because it had the right bite. Yeah. And so you're like, well, we, we need wine, so we had Chianti, but we didn't want to drink all because it takes a while to make that stuff. So we right. didn't want to drink all our Chianti before we had the meal, right? And so, well, an aperitif, you know, and then we made one of our top drinks out of our 300 to 400 range, yeah. which was the Old Pal, right? because we had made a note on there specifically saying, you know, it was a great aperitif. We, we can have this and it would be excellent. And it was, think about it. We're having an Italian meal and then we have that drink. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it was great. 
No, I think food pairings and alcohol is the next. Yeah, that might be a way to do. Yeah. 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 I'm excited about it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. Happiness in Slavery. Which is the preface, right? The preface by Jean-Paul Han of L'Académie Française. Which we guessed that he is the original preface yes. for this book because he died in 68. And yeah. when this, based on when this book came out, right. it makes sense that he would be chosen for that. Right. What's interesting about his preface is he begins with a discussion about a slave revolt in Barbados. Mm-hmm in the 1800s, 1836 or something. Right. And his opening remarks are interesting because what happened in that slave revolt was actually, it was after emancipation and the slaves came to their former owner and asked to be taken back into slavery. And and noted some demands. They had a list Probably of demands. Probably demands because they had elicited a preacher or Somebody, someone, yeah. someone in the, the spiritual sect to be their advocate, to write down things they wanted to change. Obviously, right. we want to go back into slavery, but these are the things we want, yeah. right? And of course, just, you know, history being what it is, the Emancipation Proclamation had recently occurred. So the previous slaver was reluctant to take his slaves back. Right. So they murdered him. <laughs> Basically, they massacred him and his family. Him and his family. Then they, went, then they went back about their business. And this was kind of a hush-hush, the governor yeah. actually kind of skirted this underneath the carpet. Right. And emancipation continued. But this original logging of the demands that the slaves had for their master was never found or no. recovered. No, and he speculates, the author, that that would have been an interesting thing to read, but it would have been a dangerous book because... Because it, it would have been an advocacy for slavery. Or an advocacy for living inside of a slave construct. Yeah, yes. like why they wanted to go back into slavery. And right. But you only imagine, I can extrapolate based on other circumstances of watching, and I'm not pro-slavery, but you know, to emancipate a bunch of people who had housing and food and something to keep them constructive, right? Because people... You know, that's one of the worries of modern times is what's going to happen when machines are doing all the work and we humans don't have things to do. Right. Right. So all of a sudden you're free, which is sounds wonderful. But then like we have no, we have no land, we have no food, we have no money, we have no resources. resources. We're in a society, you know, where it takes those things. So you can see the logic of the group saying, they wanted to trade slavery for employment, most likely. Probably. But we don't so. know. But right. we don't know. So right. then that's why it's telling. Yeah. But he goes on, you know, from there to take on the conversation about slavery in the context of sexuality a little bit. Like he touches on in this first part of his uh, mm-hmm. preface, he touches on the natural order that men dominate and women submit. I really think it's telling of the times yeah. and probably is hugely reflected on his own context and experience. Sure. And France at that time. Yes. I think 
and France is pretty progressive, I would say, as sexual beings. Ways, right. yeah. So even at that time, it wasn't like it was, you know, he was born in 1884 so and died in 68. So he was during a time where France was modern enough. And I just think he rushes all too quickly to saying that women want to morph their male or their master and that do they really have free will and free choice so that it really they become morphing mechanisms to please. And he makes a lot of extrapolations on what I would call stereotypical female. And I think people play the game to look good, mm. but I don't think behind closed doors, we are seeing everything that's happening. No, but he's speculating that what the challenge in this construct is the slave will become the master. And if you approach the slave with a whip because she needs a whip and, you know, control because she needs control, what you're confronting is she's going to be your master. But and don't you think that's somewhat true? Well, we had a conversation today about marking. Yes. Now, I don't view it that way, right. but we have opened up our journey to the, the construct that you desire your property to be marked. Yes. That's an agreement. That's a known. It's a known. Yeah. It's a known thing. <laughs> From like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> and we noticed that as soon as you were free to allow me to ask for marks after the first mark, that it changed the construct for me on how I experienced the marks as yes. well as how many I asked for. That's right. Right? So I don't necessarily think that I become the master of that. I think you're giving me, you're topping and saying, I'm giving you the choice to choose this, right? Because in the end, whether it's one mark or 20 marks, whatever, you want me marked. That's right. Yeah, it's a... So it's still a parameter I'm following. Yeah, but inside of that parameter, you have a certain amount of self-actualization and agency. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. But now, I don't know if that's wrong. It's not wrong. Because not. I think slaves experience, like real slaves, I'm not talking about erotic slaves. Yeah. If you go back to that Barbados thing, I think within those constructs, slaves themselves also created ways where they had agency. For example, if they're really good at house service... That might mean that they get to pour, I'm just using this example, pour the tea for the masters, the teapot, they only take the first cup because they're, that's how they do it. The tea gets taken to the back and they get to enjoy the rest of the tea. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying speculating, that, right? but I'm speculating because right. that can happen. Well, it's going to be interesting reading this book because the relationship that we have as a 24 seven TPE couple. Right correlates in many ways to to this to this experience this construct yeah yeah you know you and i both have talked about we don't like the word slavery no we've also when i was on the beginnings of my journey i had you know i was trying to win the submissive game by you know being the best so what is the best i have to be a slave if i'm the best the best submissive right right yeah. and the part that is about kink that I cherish is the consent that's involved in all and agreements that are made within the kink construct, which actually gives power to both parties yeah. and makes it safe for you to explore at a level that you wouldn't normally be able to do right. with just a, some sex pickup partner. Right. right no, for sure. And so without agency, then there isn't consent. And I get that people play consent, non-consent, but let's just say this. We've talked about this a lot. In healthy kink dynamics, there's always consent, 
even if it's a consent, non-consent relationship, there's always consent. Correct. Because we use the perfect example we use all the time is the the rape scene that Correct. people want. And we've talked to other kinksters, Rob, other people, Correct. pro-professional dominance who do this professionally. Yes. And even in those scenarios, if they're requested, there is agreement made first prior to. Now, it may be a surprise move right. <laughs> where you're walking down the street one day and someone pulls up in a car and it's happening right then. But nonetheless, there's been consent. When you talk about slavery, there's no consent. There's no consent ever. However, I think a lot of people that claim they're in slavery really do have agreements. Well, really do have, which then I wouldn't construe that as slavery. I don't agree that people who are legitimately well enslaved, i'm just saying right? what they claim themselves to yeah, be yeah, but, but if people are legitimately enslaved they have no consent there is modern day slavery there are people being taken without by, their consent without their consent and put into and used for all kinds of whether things. it's prostitution or crime or, or work drug or, or work or whatever we have people that are brought up on charges in the u.s recently i read a read something about a couple that imported someone in from another country right. as a housemaid. This person was enslaved That's right. as their housemaid. No consent. There wasn't, and it wasn't, it doesn't always go sexual. I'm saying no. there is a huge spectrum of slavery going on today. Well, there is, yes. I'm just wanting to get to this in this book so far. Yeah. What they're talking about is sexual slavery. Yep. And from where you and I stand, that only occurs in a world of consent. Because, I, because, I, because without consent, it actually is slavery as opposed to. A well, power that's what I want to discern. I'm not, I'm not necessarily judging the story of O, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see if she, you know, like they give her, here's the green pill, here's the blue pill, a right. red pill, whatever. And she chooses because once she does that, she is She's giving consent. consent. Yes. So that changes everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you give your consent, then it's consensual slavery. Well, then it's consensual submissiveness. It's just yes. a very deep level of consensual submissiveness. Yeah. Slavery is where no consent exists. Right. And you're right. I do know of a few, even through FetLife, of what I would, for all intents and purposes, what I viewed they are actual slaves. Right. But they're so far and few between. And the reality is a lot of people claim they're slaves. And I don't see that well, that's same why, that's level. That's why I don't like of, the word, right? Because yeah, the word, I, it's the so word negative. slave in the relationship to sexuality, it diminishes what slavery is. So would you use a Gorian word for well, slavery? I don't, I don't even like the But see, the a lot Gorian of people don't words. agree or align with Gorian. So I don't want to. I don't, no, I don't wanna... like the Gorian word either. I don't think Kajira is a word that brings true for me. Right. Right. It doesn't lend itself. You know, for me, you're either in a consensual relationship or you're in a non-consensual relationship. And if a relationship is non-consensual, then you have no agency. Well, and it's a it's a slavery situation. See, well, you think about our dynamic already. If we're yeah. TPE 24-7 yeah. to my benefit i'm highly obedient and yeah so even though it's a discipline dynamic we don't have to go down that path very often no. but when we do i don't second guess when it leads to, to punishment or discipline that has to happen right because i've already agreed ahead in our earlier 
creation of our dynamic that I understand this is who you are. Yeah. First of all, you're sadist. You like to mark your property. So I had to agree to that. I had to understand that to be very clear. And it was a pretty big discussion we had about that. Right. And then also on discipline, like where you live in that space and what you expect. Right. And that seemed to align with me. And I agreed to that too. But it does align with you. It does. Yeah. And But see, if you were a different kind of person mm -hmm. where you aspire to that, but maybe you weren't as self-disciplined as you are, right, right. then you would encounter more punishment. We have relationships like friendships with other submissives yeah. where they have to be disciplined to and not because they're brats not they they're brats. absolutely have to be disciplined because they're not following they're not following the agreements their guidance. right exactly yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that and yeah. that's not slavery because yes. it's all in the world of consent it's exactly so, yeah exactly. so i mean i'm fascinated about this because yeah i am too because we've had this conversation about slavery so over many times over again right? yes. so it'll be interesting to see where it goes but anyway we're still in the prologue. So the book only has four chapters. I know. Isn't that crazy? I know, but they might be long, so we'll find out. Right. But it only has four chapters. And so we're taking our time through the prologue because the prologue has got other parts to it. Yes. And it's interesting because we're really are standing in 1950 in this writing. Right. You know, and what's interesting to me is that in 1940 to 45, mm -hmm. the experience of the submissive in Gordon Know. You know, had her like power exchange experience. Right. And at the same time, this book had been written and it came out in like 55 or something. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, kink was really present, but under the radar a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, good. Well, that's the beginning of the prologue. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!